Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galing. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. <laughs> the giggle thon from before we started recording is yes. continuing. <laughs> Because we had a we had a few issues getting everything all synced up, and so now we've got the giggles, which is actually perfect for March. And I think that it would probably be appropriate to say that this month is some March madness. There you go. That's perfect. Exactly. Right. And we're already feeling it. And we say that just because, and we warned you about this last <laughs> month. Right. There's so much going on. So we are going to unpack it all and take you through it. And the way we're going to do it is I think there's two areas that we want to look at this month. First of all, we want to look at these big planets that are making these big shifts this month, which is really affecting more the collective, the universal zeitgeist. And then we're going to take a more a look at the personal planets and what they're doing and how they're squaring off and dancing with each other. And and how that will affect us more individually or personally. But let's start with the big picture. And we've been talking about this all year so far, which is we have Saturn moving into Pisces, and that happens on March the 7th. And then we have Pluto going into Aquarius. So let's start with Saturn and Pisces. And it feels so exciting because I feel like we've been talking about this forever. So let's talk a little bit about, and that's for like two and a half years. Let's talk about what the vibe is going to be. Or could be. Exactly. So before the vibe, just the like technicals or the dates, if you will, right? Just to give a context of this time frame we're speaking of. So Saturn, as you said, goes into Pisces on March 7th. It stays there through mid-May of 2025, leaves and then comes back in September of 2025 through February 2026. So we're talking pretty much the bulk of the next almost three years. Mm. To note this, that the last time Saturn was in Pisces, about 29 years ago, was you know a little bit in 1993 and from 1994 to 1996. So, you know, again, Saturn takes a while. I'm thinking back to the the 80s, like remembering what I was doing back in the early 80s. Yeah, no, the early 90s. Sorry, if I wasn't clear. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that might be something very interesting to, especially if you're a person who either has Saturn, you have Saturn in Pisces, or you have planets in Pisces, just to think, hmm, what were the themes, the patterns that were occurring for me back then? And are they being revisited? So that's just more personal, but collective. Let's talk about, I'm going to pass this back to you to start. If you want, like, what do you think in terms of some collective trends that we may see with Saturn in Pisces? Yeah. And I, I've been saying this, you know, for a few months now is I really am looking forward to, you know, Saturn in Pisces. And the reason why is I think that Saturn is going to, or hopefully could provide this lovely container for all of that very watery Piscean energy. And, you know, to me, Pisces represents, you know, the dreamy, the luminous, spirituality, compassion, deeper healing, the imaginal creativity. And sometimes with those very watery energies, 
we can get lost in them and we can get so lost in them that we don't do anything. We forget to pay the mortgage or whatever. And I think that with Saturn there, that Saturn might give us the impetus, if you will, to have a container, to manifest, to structure, to really put those energies together in a way that are forward moving. The other thing, and I was talking to a client about this just the other day, I think we're going to see a lot more out there around spirituality in some new ways. I mean, Pisces has so much to do with spirit and soul and those bigger, (laughs) higher dimensions. And with Saturn there, it may give more voice or authority to those realms that before were maybe seen as fantasy or woo-woo or not real. And so that's something that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, almost that like those structures more in society where people may see the veracity or see the structured benefit, the foundation of, you know, taking a more soulful or spiritual approach to their life. Yeah. So I agree with that. I mean, I think also too with Saturn testing foundations, you know, if we're going to see like, oh, wait, that was just a fantasy that I was being sold, right? Or that was some, you know, where we've talked about this before, like, will there be like the reveal of the false prophets, Mm, right? Because again, Saturn really having us pay attention to the foundation, to the undergirdings, and those who may be wanting to you know, sell us a dream, you know, or sell us hope and to, and to see actually like, Hmm, is that true? Is that real? Or is that a mirage? Ooh, yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, perhaps part of Saturn in Pisces is the time where we find the guru within, you know, instead of projecting, which is so Pisces, projecting it onto somebody else. It's really having that within. And also, I love that you're using the word foundation. And maybe this is a time where we really look at where are our foundations and maybe our foundations need to be based more in our spiritual sense, in our spiritual integrity. Yeah. And the piece of that too, right, with Saturn is to do the work. It's not just, I wish it will come. I'm just going to like dream it to come. It's what work, what commitment, what investment do you can you make so that you can build that structure, that connection on that spiritual, soulful level? And, you know, again, as parts of life become more concerning or tenuous, right? To build that home to come back to, that faith, that belief, right? Mm, That, as you say, that is within you, that the guru within. And, um, you know, and also I think too, from a collective level, Pisces being a water sign, our further attention paid to the seas, to the Uh, ocean, to marine life, and, you know, perhaps seeing the consequences of our actions or inactions, which is very Saturn, the Lord of Karma, Mm. to the seas, to the availability of water or not the availability of water, the cleanliness of water or not, and taking that seriously. What can we do so that there is a sustainability to the sea, to marine life, and to our own access to water over the coming years? Yes, I right on. I think that's something definitely that's going to be taking or getting more of a, attention. And if that's going to be really interesting to see how that kind of unfolds. I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay, let's talk a little bit about our friend Pluto 
Um, and we like Pluto to be our friend because Pluto can be so intense sometimes. Pluto is dipping its toes into Aquarius, just like zero something degrees. And that's going to happen for the first time in March as well on March 23rd. So, and then it's going to go retrograde and go back into Capricorn, but let's just give them a little, little taste yeah. <laughs> of the Pluto in, um, in Aquarius. Yeah. Cause Pluto is going to give ourselves, you know, that taste of itself in, in Aquarius. That'll be from like March 23rd through June 11th. And then not again till next year from January, the end of January to September. And then finally <laughs> in November, 2024, like Pluto's like, I'm here in Aquarius and I'm here to stay for a while. So there's this almost three month period where we get to experience that. And I feel like we're already seeing that. Mm -hmm. Like we're definitely with this development and like sort of not out of the blue, but there's all this attention turned to AI, yeah. right? Like Pluto power, the ability for transformation through technology, through perhaps artificial intelligence. Yeah. You know, so it just feels like what will what will our world look like? This like, you know, what will get destroyed, what will get created when we're more reliant upon technology? What's the good of that? What's the cost of that? And I feel like that's a lot of our attention will be, you know, paid to that. That's one of the realms of Pluto and Aquarius that feels like will be strong. Yeah, because you're talking about that Aquarius, you know, future technology and technology. And I don't know, as you're talking, like a little chill went up my spine because that Pluto power, that could like AI could hold so much, so much power. And so it's, it is going to be interesting to see how all that maps out. It almost feels very sci-fi to me, another realm of Aquarius. It feels like this sci-fi movie is going to, or God forbid, the Terminator is going to show up, but it has a little bit of that futuristic sci-fi energy. So, oh boy, it is going to be interesting. Yeah. And I think, you know, will there be, which hopefully there will be some sort of a rebound from that, which is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, we're getting to our in our heads. We're giving our power away for to technology or the technocrats or the technocratic companies, you know, to come back home to our humanity, which also mm. Aquarius, right, can be humanistic and altruistic and societally oriented. And that the power Pluto of the group, like for all of us who might feel powerless about changes in the world that don't feel great to us, right? Don't feel mm -hmm. sustainable or heart-centered, you know, where the power resides and let's get together. We share vision mm -hmm. and value. You know, the power of the people feels very Pluto and Aquarius. Yes, very, very, very much so. Yeah. And I also think um, with that Aquarius energy, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of our technology. I mean, technology could completely take off and go bananas in so many different directions. So it's going to be very interesting times indeed. And we'll get, like we said, a little taste of that this month. Yeah, exactly. And just, you know, to say too, like looking historically, mm. and again, this is not just what will happen in the next three months, but looking at the last couple of times that Pluto's in Aquarius and Pluto is in a sign, you know, it takes 246 odd years for Pluto to go around once. So the last time this happened was the end of the 18th century. We had the French Revolution. Mm -hmm. We had the end of the American Revolution, the establishment of the Constitution, the Irish Rebellion. Like, right. so there is also- Democracy. Democracy, exactly. The democratic experiment. And so, 
you know, Aquarius, against the freedom fighter as well. Like, what will we see there in terms of rebellion or revolution or sort of, you know, new ways of being or new ways of configuring, you know, how we want to be as a society? Yeah, I, I'm glad you're bringing up that word revolution, because I think definitely Pluto in Aquarius is very revolutionary. Okay, so those are the those are the big planetary moves this month. Let's um, talk a little bit about what's happening with some of the uh, personal planets and the individual planets. So let's start with the beginning of the month because we actually start out with a bit of a bang here because we've got a couple of conjunctions, and any time that we have conjunctions between planets, the energy is amplified. So talk to us a little bit about the first couple of days of March. Yeah, it's really interesting that on the 2nd of March, we have re- two big striking conjunctions. We have Venus and Jupiter, both in Aries coming together. Jupiter, big, large, growth, learning, Venus, relationships, beauty, love. So big love, right? This notion of like maybe expanded value. And at the same time, we have Mercury, the planet of communication, coming together with Saturn, you know, where Jupiter says more, Saturn says less. So there is this sense of we need to be diligent. We need to be realistic. We need to take time to architect our languaging and our messages while at the same time, or maybe because, you know, it will bring this expansion of love and value. Mm, I love that. You had to be an expansion of love and value. <laughs> no, that's a lovely thought. You know, I think that, you know, this could be a time where relationships thrive or, you know, where you really give yourself permission to really expand into relationship. You know, the other note that I made too was, you know, and I think you already mentioned it was around beauty and, Mm -hmm. you know, Venus has so much to do with beauty and just really exploring what, what beauty means to you. And, like you're also saying, but we've got this Mercury aspect as well. So communication, watching your words. But I think that this could be like a really, what would the word be for, for the for the first couple of days? I think it could be exciting. I think some things could really open up around us. I think so too. And I think the other interesting thing to watch for is on February 16th, if you remember back then, um, we had the sun <laughs> coming together with Saturn the la- in Aquarius, the last time that will happen. And now Mercury is like, it's like it passed the baton to Mercury. So I would almost think, think about mid-February and what came to light for you related to maybe communities you were involved in or how you use technology and like whether there was a strong structure that you had and you may further learn about that come that early March period. Yeah, that's interesting. I love that you're dipping back into February. I always like to see, you know, with that looking backwards, how we can look forward a little bit. Um, Okay, so we've got that kind of starting the month off with a little bit of, I would say, intensity, but I would say kind of uh, fun intensity or interesting intensity or, or, uh, you know, abundant intensity. Okay. So let's like then segue into the middle of the month because we've got a few days there um, around March 14th through the 17th. Now, as we were talking about this, it was always a little hard to wrap our brains around what was happening because in this pocket of time, 
there's so many squares and conjunctions between the different planets. And so a lot of things are going to be amplified. So let's kind of go through them. And one of the ones is just, let me start us off with the one on March 14th, which is Mars square Neptune, right? And so here we have that wonderful Neptunian energy that wants to flow and be fluid. And then we have Mars that is more like fight and warrior and moving forward. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. And that's interesting because that sort of energy goes over those next few days, like you said, because then, you know, over those days you have the sun and Neptune and Mercury together, all squaring Mars. So that sense of, and maybe that's why we had a hard time trying to like come up with like some really succinct words to describe it because it's a little bit of a timeless things may feel like it's difficult to pin them down. Yes. Like we want to try, we're using our energy, we're sort of fighting to like have things be encapsulated in words, and yet things may feel very willowy or very dreamy. So there's this sense of a of, you know, maybe like, I want to share this with you or my words or the way I understand things. And is that in alignment or in conflict with actions we want to take. Mm. I think that's where we have to watch is for the the tension or feeling like we're working across purposes with how we want to assert ourselves or what we want to champion in how we want to express ourselves, how we want to be very kumbaya, how we want to just be like all love and light. And yet, is that really the way forward, right? There, it's just, there's a bit of tension there. Is that Absolutely. clear? Even that, I'm like, is that even clear? Because there's so much like, like, Pisces-Neptune energy that I'm like... Yeah, no, I think that's very clear. And I, I think you, you know, you're bringing up the idea of tension and conflict, which squares always bring. And, you know, I do think that Neptune energy can be very elusive, you know, and, you know, Mars doesn't like to be elusive. Mars is like, what's the plan? Get me on it. Let's go, dog, go. And then here's that Neptune energy. Well, I'm not sure, but what about this? And So it's going to be an interesting period. And it is hard to put words to it. But you did come up with a, a good analogy, I thought, earlier. So why don't you share the analogy you came up for with this? The movie theater one? The movie theater one. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, the whole like sun with Neptune and Mercury and Pisces is you're in a movie theater and you're just getting lost in the dream of the, you know, the celluloid fantasy and you're just escaping and merging with that reality. And then the person next to you behind you is like either chomping on their popcorn too loudly or they're like texting, right? And so they're they're wanting to communicate in real time and there's that tension that then is distracting you yes. in terms of wanting to get lost. But maybe it's also a way to, you know, because the getting lost isn't necessarily, it's almost like knowing that I am getting lost, you know, yeah. like being aware and being conscious of where you are, even if you're giving yourself permission to like be absorbed in a fantasy. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's also where that can come. And now I'm away from that movie theater analogy, but um, <laughs> you know, could that Mars and Gemini be a little act as like a break where it like can help you to stop because you need to understand where are you going? What are you envisioning? What are you dreaming? Put it into words, put it into concepts so that you don't get pulled asunder right? Yeah. By like a dream or by an illusion. Yeah. 
But just yeah. watch. There is some warring tension there. And just, I think, maybe like make sure you're exercising or dancing or moving your body to move that Mars energy through you. Yeah, good, good, good idea. And I do love the movie theater example. I also feel like as you're talking, I'm like just getting irritated. Just even listening to you. <laughs> Because it's like, I could already see the irritation of like, but wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm I'm here, but you want me to go there, or you're trying to say that. So you watch out, move the body, watch out for ir- for irritation. I also think, you know, I think with this too, there could be the opportunity to bring some of that imaginal, the dream, those creative concepts, and that march to put them into action. Oh my God, you know, I think I just- perfect solution. Right. You know, it reminds me of, and I'll have more details later, but I'm going to be doing an art show in March. And so isn't that just kind of like I'm taking this dream of my art and the vision, but now I'm having to buy frames and price and structure and do all of that kind of stuff. Right. So maybe it'll give me a big boost. I love that so much. Plus I love, I'm so excited for your art show, but I love to, it's so meta that you're like, irritated that I also felt like I was very dreamy and I was like being poetic and trying to like get to an image and it's like, okay, just get on with it. You're getting on my nerves, Stephanie. (laughs) This is like the first, like a first here. It's so divine. You know, I'm just kidding. You know, I'm just kidding. Okay. So let's move on because we've got something else we want to talk about that is really flavoring the month. And that is we've got Chiron is joining some planets and, you know, Chiron represents, Chiron's an asteroid, but it's become over the last few years very popular in, you know, in astrology and in the astrology conversations. And I can't tell you how many clients I've had lately that are like, I want to know more about Chiron. What's up with Chiron? What does Chiron represent? And so let's talk a little bit about what's happening with Chiron this month. And also Chiron does represent our inner wounding, but also bigger destiny and a bridge to our life path. So let's talk Chiron's in Aries and it's going to be. Oh, am I filling that in? (laughs) (laughs) It was a blank. (laughs) Stephanie was waiting for me to fill that in. (laughs) Um, So Chiron is really, really like catching our attention this month because on the 3rd of March, it will be with Venus on the 11th, like, it will be with Jupiter and on the 26th of the with Mercury. So it feels like that flavor. And so what is that flavor is to really see and connect to that space within you where you may have those ouch spots or those mm-hmm. sorrows or this feeling of like, like our sense of disadvantage or inadequacy. Mm-hmm. And then like, but it's, I think it's to raise those and then, sort of open them up to sort of see beyond the illusion of that. Mm. And also like, how can we both own those sorrows in our life that are part of our humanity, find peace with that? But then also, you know, Chiron is about healing, healing for ourselves, but also healing for others. Like how do we want to move forward this month to just be in that space of compassion for self and how that can breed a greater level of our ability to stand with and be with and be empathetic for others. So yeah, that's great. So I'd say like own those wounds, be honest with Mm. that. Like again, those ouch spots, those, this, that sad place, that sorrow, that just 
comes for all of us because we're all human, right? That part of that yeah. human condition. And yet that's also what yields that empathy and, and, and bonds us together. Mm. Yeah. I really like that you're bringing out this element of compassion with Kyra. And I think a lot of times we get so caught up in the wounding or like what we talk about sometimes is that old story that we just replay over and over again, that how Chiron is we get in touch with our own wounds. And remember, it's only by going back into those wounds can they be healed, right? So the willingness to go back in with compassion and again, and then to have compassion towards others, you know, like you're saying, bring out the humanity. One thing I do want to mention here, just because it's been coming up a bit with clients is as we're talking about Chiron and these other planets, we are talking about universal Chiron. So this is not personal Chiron in your chart. You, of course, in your natal chart have Chiron. This is transiting Chiron. So you would put, it's in Aries, look at the house that you have Aries on. So this is universal Chiron. So yes, so I think we will be feeling the feels with that Chiron, but I also love the idea of being more compassionate and opening ourselves up to healing. Yeah. And I can't help but wonder, like, reminding about that you just reminded us that it's in Aries is also part of this journey of Chiron and Aries that might be very heightened this month is where are the stories or the narratives we have or those wounds that keep us from fighting Aries mm. for what we desire or what we think mm. is right or what we think is just? Like, how may we get more in touch with the compassionate warrior Mm. that exists within us that we are. Yeah. And as you're bringing that up, I'm like, it makes me think that was really, I've never really thought about that before about looking at our own wounds and if they're stopping us from manifesting or going after we want. And to me, that brings up like self-esteem and self-worth and feeling worthy of going after what you want. Oh, very good. Very good, Stephanie. I'm so glad that you, you brought up that element. Yeah. And so also speaking of Aries, right, just to note about um, just a few more days, like March 20th, we have the equinox when the sun goes into Aries. And just after that, we have the Aries new moon on the 21st. Wow. So again, like, and you know, just that the new moon is on the heels of the equinox feels like there's a lot of pioneering and spearheading energy around that equinox. And since we're speaking about lunations, just a quick note that Virgo full moon is on March 7th, which is the day Saturn goes into Pisces. So we have March 7th, the full moon. We have March 21st, the new moon. Yes. New moon, new beginning, especially with that Aries energy. Yes. All right. Okay. It's time for the tarot card of the month. And of course, as we were looking at all this, we're like, what card would it be? And we couldn't figure that out. So once again, I'm going to shuffle the cards and then Stephanie, you tell me when to stop. So we are going to pick the card at random. So I'm beginning to shuffle and I'm setting the intention for March. So Stephanie, you just tell me when to stop. You want being in that like whole like Neptune wave of keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay, stop. Okay. All right. 
oh, okay, this is really cool. So the card that uh, we chose for the month is the Six of Swords. And um, in, in, you know, in the Tarot, the Realm of Swords represent the mind and the in- intellect. Sixes have a lot to do. They're actually a Libra number. And so sixes have a lot to do with balance and relationship and fairness. And in the Six of Swords, many of you know that card by its image. And it's the woman with the baby and she's huddled and she's in the boat, but she's going downstream now. And she's got the, uh, the boat here or the boat guy <laughs> that's like maneuvering <laughs> you know, that guy, the boat guy maneuvering the boat, helping her go downstream and the troubled waters are behind her. And so it's a card of graceful movement. And because it's in the realm of swords, it which is the intellect, it has a lot to do with perspective. And the idea is by what we've gone through, we can now put it behind us, but it's also given us perspective about how we want to go forward. And one of the things they talk about with this card is about graceful movement. Now that feels very Mars Neptune, doesn't it? A little bit like of being in the flow, going downstream, not feeling like you have to swim upstream all the time, but being active. You know, the boat is going somewhere and then taking all that you've learned through those troubled waters and really allowing them for you to see things differently, to have a bit of a bigger picture in mind. So, oh my gosh, I love the Six of Swords. I'm so glad to see its energy here because I think it really portends like more graceful movement, more of like being in that flow and letting that flow move us forward in some new ways and some more graceful ways. So, Six of Swords. What do you think about that, Stephanie? Well, it's interesting and not to, you know, say that it's not for the whole month, but I feel like, you know, you and I, when we've been talking and sort of our struggle around how do we speak to that Sun, Neptune, Mercury conjunction and Pisces, Square Mars and Gemini and not being able to have the words, it feels like that card, right, with that integration of movement and the troubled waters behind you feels like a really incredible image to hold on to the whole month, but especially in that mid-month period yeah. as the way to um, synthesize what could be on the surface competing energies in terms of um, this new level of understanding, a new perspective, as you said. Yeah. Wow. That's great. That's great. Yay. All right. <laughs> my gosh. We we did it, Stephanie. We, we unpacked this crazy, mad month of March. And so this has been another episode. And I just want to remind you all, we love hearing from you. And you can uh, connect with us through sodivine.us. You can also reach me at meganskinner.com and stephanie at stephaniegaling.com. We do sessions, yeah, astrology, and all sorts of things. So reach out and connect with us. And well, happy March, everybody. A happy March madness may be filled with beauty and insight for you and also lots of Piscean gratitude. And the gratitude we also want to give is my gratitude to you, Megan, and to all of you listening and to our producers, Nick Patry and Sebastiano Tecchia. We could not do this without you. So happy March. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>